Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets handling blame for the storm. First time listeners, I'm elated that you've made the decision to listen to this podcast episode. If you want to hear more revealing discernments that I've learned as I'm sailing through the storms of life, don't hesitate to listen to parts 1 through 14 of the storm series. However, let's go ahead and explore the motivational aim handling blame for the storm. I want to go back and revisit the story of Job. In the last couple of episodes, we discovered that God was bragging on Job. Job went through storm after storm within storms, and we were introduced to Job's wife and his so-called quote-unquote friends, who just had to come see about Job when they heard about the tumultuous storms he found himself in. Job's verbal exchanges with his wife and associates during the storm reminds us to evaluate who we are talking to when we go through any crisis. I know I went over this in part 14, but you really want to evaluate what you are telling people in the storms of life because there will be some who will blame you for the storms you face. Now, it's one thing to reap the consequences of negative actions that we brought upon ourselves, whether they were just negative actions, fruitless actions, reckless actions. We are responsible for the part we played when we do things that are just totally wrong. We have to take accountability for those things, and there are consequences to every action. There is no going around that because we are at fault when we do things we shouldn't do. But what about those times in life when we're going through storms or we're going through challenging seasons and it has nothing to do with something that we did? It's a negative outcome, but we didn't sow any type of negativity to get that type of response. And we are in something, we're around something that's just so unpleasant, so undesirable, and... We've been doing these positive God-honoring actions, hoping to reap a harvest of positivity, but storms still come. It sounds backwards, but you could really be doing the right thing and the wrong things are before you. And you did nothing to bring them to you. You are literally aiming to do the right thing. It looks like the wrong things are going on, not only with you, but your family, your friends, your co-workers. You see where you are and you're physically struggling. You're financially strapped. You're emotionally sapped. You're relationally strained. You're socially secluded. You're professionally stalled. And people see these storms that you're going through And they verbally tell you the reason you're going through all of that, the reason that your family's going through all of that, the reason your finances look like that, or your business looks like that, or your career looks this way, or your relationships are going like that, it's because it's your fault. People, well, some people will tell you, you are to blame because you've done something where God is punishing you and you need to tell us what it is because you're cursed. And when you tell us what you've done, 
we can go to God and pray on your behalf because apparently God's not listening to you. Too many bad things are happening, and it is your fault. Now, it is true. You have done something, but it wasn't anything that implied your guilt in anything. God is not punishing you, but by you doing something and that is living for him, God could be bragging on you and allowing you to go through a storm to elevate you, eradicate pollution, strengthen you, develop you, and take you into a new revelation of who he is to you and what he brought you through. But how do you handle being blamed for a storm you didn't create? How do you handle so-called, quote-unquote, friends, loved ones, and family telling you, oh, you did something because this is just too much. I knew something was wrong with you. I just knew it. I couldn't pinpoint it at the time, but you are no good. The blessing of God is not on you. All that integrity, that God-honoring stuff you claim, saying that you walk in a God-honoring way. I mean, if you were so righteous and had this great relationship with God, you wouldn't be going through this. Man, this is bad. I mean, I'm sitting over here looking at you in awe, but now that I think about it, I need to get all the way away from you before I catch what you got. I don't want that. How do you handle people talking to you like that? How do you handle people blaming you for a storm? Even when you try to defend your case, they shut you down, shut you up, not allowing you to get a word in, yelling at you that you are no good. And God is angry with you. God doesn't love you. If you want everything to go away right now, tell us what you did. We've never been through anything you're going through. We are God's favorite. We are God's favorite. And um, you're to blame for all this you got going on and what you're going through. It's your fault. But how do you handle people blaming you for a storm you did not orchestrate? Do you curse them out? Are you distracted by them? Do you break out or break down and start crying, telling them, you just don't understand. I didn't do anything. I'm a good person. Why don't you believe me? No, don't, please don't do that. Because they don't care about anything you're saying. If they've already made up in their mind what they want to believe about you. I recommend that you evaluate what people are saying when they start talking. Take inventory of their words. And then I'd get into agreement with God, eradicating their polluted attitude, their polluted words, their polluted beliefs and thoughts about me or you as you go through this storm. But I encourage you to read the entire book of Job, but as it relates to this episode and this motivational aim that targets handling blame for the storm, I'm skimming through chapters 3 through 37. As I said earlier, I encourage you to read the entire book of Job so you can read and understand what I'm talking about. 
but I'm going to provide a snapshot for you. So Job is conversing. We know he's in a storm. And we remember how his friends came from far away to come see about him. And they sat there and looked at him for seven days and seven nights. Okay. So now we're at the part where his friends start conversing with him. Quote unquote friends. And each quote unquote friend had something to say about why he was in the storm that he found himself in. One friend, quote unquote, see I don't like saying that right now because the word friend, that's like saying you love somebody. You shouldn't throw around saying you love somebody. Just like you shouldn't throw around saying that somebody's your friend. Those two words are not to be played with. And they shouldn't be taken lightly. You have some people walking around. Oh, it's my friend. My best friend. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We've been friends for years. And haven't done anything for each other. Won't sacrifice for each other whatsoever. Talk about them like a dog behind their back. Oh, my gosh. I love them so much. Oh, I just love you. Somebody's going through something. Where's the love at when I need help? Or where's the love at when you need help? But everybody's claiming that they love you. No, you know people by their fruit and what they produce. If they're not producing love in their actions, their words, and their deeds, they can say it all day long, but it means nothing. Somebody's saying, oh my gosh, you're my friend. But they don't show themselves friendly. Nah, you just somebody that I met. This is a tip within a tip, even though I'm not even giving tips. It's okay to tell people that y'all not friends and telling other people that you're not. Not in a messy way. Somebody asked, hey, y'all friends? No, we're not. I thought I seen you saw me around someone who happens to know you, but that is not my friend. See, that goes back to that, who are you talking to in your storm? Just because you are vulnerable, you cannot lose focus where you're telling people stuff who don't value you. Don't give valuable information in the moment of vulnerability. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know there are times when you just could be just so emotional and you might not realize you are doing it at the time, but you have to be alert. Even if you messed around and told somebody something that you wish you didn't tell them and they come back and do a follow-up trying to see what's going on. Hey, is everything going okay? I would switch it up. What you talking about? Yeah, you said you was going through a storm. What storm? Man, I have a storm. Man, I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, you said X, Y, and Z. Man, you some, some up with you. You got me confused with somebody else. What is this X, Y, and Z you're referring to? I, man, you tripping. Something's up. But I'm going to let you go. Have a good one. All I'm trying to say is don't get wrapped up in this friend stuff. Now, you do have some good friends out there, some good people out there. Who are your friends? But when the Lord reveals to you that people are not, don't, don't hang on to them. Let them go. 
because <laughs> they'll let you go if the Lord told them to leave you alone. But let me go back to Job and these quote-unquote friends. You see how I got distracted? But it was still beneficial. But back to this story. So one friend tells Job, or he comes from the angle of telling the truth about God's nature, but the way that he spoke to Job, it was a way where he projected that there was an implication that Job must have done something wrong in order for him to be going through what he was going through. Another friend told him, you and your children are to blame because they were rebellious and they sinned against God. That's why they died. You see how this so-called friend told him that he was to blame for his children's death while he was down, dying? Well, he wasn't dying because God spared his life, but if you didn't know that he was going through a storm and God allowed the storm, you would have thought this man was on his deathbed, but... Somebody had the audacity to tell him that about his children while he's sitting there struggling with his health. But that's supposed to be a friend. Okay, then this same friend <laughs> told Job how he should have spent his money. How he should have handled what God blessed him with. Another quote-unquote friend said in so many words, Oh, I just wish God would tell you, Job, in an audible voice, how wrong you are and how you're to blame for what you're going through. God knows you're worthless, and he sees wickedness, and he takes note of it. As to say, if Job is just a hypocrite. So you see how all of these quote-unquote friends are blaming Job as he's going through a storm he didn't orchestrate what God allowed. And this is real. And I believe some of you can relate with this. You're going through something and people are blaming you for it. Some people are blaming you for it and you just sitting there trying to figure out how did I get here and why am I here? Lord, what are you doing? When is this going to be over? You are already going through storms, but now since people are blaming you and they're publicly saying that you did something and they're turning people against you, that's a whole nother storm. Job is sitting there trying to tell them, I didn't do this. The Lord did this. The life of every living thing is in God's hand. If you want to figure out what's going on, you need to talk to God, but I didn't do this. Job was really trying to plead his case. Letting people know, hey, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything at all. But these so-called friends, they made up in their mind that they were not trying to hear anything that Job was saying because they were the ones who were right. And as you read in the book of Job, you will see that his friends, or Job called his friends, miserable comforters. Matter of fact, I'm going to read Job, the 16th chapter, in the 1st through the 5th verse. Then Job answered, I have heard many things like these. You are all miserable comforters. Is there no end to your empty words? What provokes you 
that you continue testifying. If you were in my place, I could also talk like you. I could string words together against you and shake my head at you. Instead, I would encourage you with my mouth, and the consolation from my lips would bring relief. What Job said was just so real and so true. It's amazing how when you're going through, or some people are going through the storms of life, some individuals feel like it's their time to shine and just knock people down. Blame them for the storm and kick them and mistreat them. But if the tables were turned and they were going through, they'd be disheartened to find out that the people that they called friends were telling them how everything was their fault. And if the tables were turned and you were around, you'd most likely be encouraging them, praying for them, doing things for them to show and display your love for them. But as I said in some previous episodes, storms eradicate pollution and storms reveal the true nature of people. You get to see the real, true character of a person when they're going through a storm. God can expose your true nature to yourself or God can expose the true nature of someone else. You see how people have the nerve to blame you for something you didn't do. But if they were going through the same storm and the same challenges, they would want someone to encourage them. They wouldn't want someone horse whipping them as they endured the storm of their children dying, all ten of their children dying. They have boils all over their body. Things in their life have been burnt up. They're relationships are rocky people are telling them to turn from their God honoring values and to curse God and die the people who worked for them died because of their relationship with God so those four men or people like that They wouldn't want encouragement if they were going through something that way. And then I think they would want encouragement if they thought they had some friends and they came to visit them for seven days and seven nights and they just stared at them and then they started blaming them. I'm pretty sure they would want some encouragement. But our aim is not to stomp on someone's neck while they're down, especially if they're supposed to be your friend. But storms burst through with revelation where you can see who your true friends are and who your foes are who you need to keep and who you need to let go. And as you read the book of Job, you will see how his quote-unquote friend said something to blame him for the storm, but Job always came back with those witty, non-confrontational remarks. He addressed these friends and let them know, I mean, y'all are saying that God did this to me, and you're right, God did do this to me, but it's not for the reasons that you want them to be. God is apparently doing something. I'm not sure of what he's doing, but I won't accept you reasoning and I won't accept you creating these responses to what you think I've done that has nothing to do with guilt, shame, or some type of punishment. And God knows what I've done and I'm in this storm, but you won't project anything on me because you can't understand what's going on. That's not happening. 
Job handled them in the storm and didn't sin. And we can do the same. We can handle up on people, especially if people are blaming you for a storm and it has nothing to do with you doing something out of the ordinary. Now, some people don't require a response whatsoever. But since people want to claim to be your friends and be in the inner circle, they can be dealt with accordingly. So how do you handle people when they fix their mouths to blame you for a storm God allowed to come into your life for his divine purpose and plan? Now, we can't stop people from saying what they say to us, but we can start taking aim at the words coming out of our mouth regarding our responses and our actions in the midst of the storm. What I would do, or what I would start aiming to do, is when people start blaming you for storms, I would start praying and asking God for wisdom on how to respond in every situation. So when people want to blame you for something that they have no knowledge about, you can counter their claims with class, courage, and Christ-centered confidence. Now, a lesson we learn in this book of Job is that although God allowed a storm in his life, he was not the one to blame. And that goes for us too. Sometimes God allows storms in our life and we are not to blame. We don't have the mind of God. We're not on God's level. And when you reach the 42nd chapter of the book of Job, you will find out that God speaks directly to those so-called friends who blamed Job for the storm. God corrected them. And then God showed the men that Job was not to blame for the storm. And then God elevated Job and confirmed to these so-called friends that Job was indeed blameless. Job is or was a man of integrity. Job did walk with God. And in front of these so-called friends who dogged him, disrespected him, said things they had no business saying to Job while he was down, God publicly restored him, vindicated him, and elevated him. God told the friends, so-called friends, that they were wrong for what they said to Job and how they treated him. God divinely switched that situation from so-called friends saying that Job needed to repent, where now God told those friends that they needed to repent regarding everything that they said about Job. God tells these men, I'm not dealing with y'all. I'm accepting Job's prayer on your behalf because if I deal with y'all, I'm going to have to deal with what your folly deserves and I'm going to have to leave you alone right now because y'all were not speaking the truth about me as Job has been speaking the truth about me even when he was going through the storm. And when his so-called friends were picking on him and mocking him and kicking him when he was down, Job was still living a life of integrity. Now, as you continue reading, you'll see how God divinely restored Job and blessed him double for his trouble. But the goal for this podcast episode is to not get so, I guess, burdened down when people begin blaming you, especially when you know the truth and God knows the truth. 
You can't convince people to believe you. That's something that they have to do on their own. God knows the truth. You do what you need to do. And just like this situation with Job, he's sitting there trying to convince people, trying to tell them they didn't want to believe him. But what did God do at the end? He vindicated him, reversed it, and then confirmed that Job was indeed telling the truth. Only God can go to people who won't believe you to make them see the truth. You can't do it. So it's best to just wait on God. That's how you handle when people want to blame you for stuff. Now, you don't accept what they say. So if they project something on you, you just don't receive it. Like, oh, okay, I'll take that. No, you don't take a lie. You reject the lie. But you don't allow people's seeds of doubt and seeds of blame permeate your soul where you stop believing God. No, they can, you can throw that back at them. Throw it back. And then throw it back with truth. And let God work that thing out. And then you can do all of that in a non-confrontational, God-honoring way. But that's why you have to pray for wisdom and discernment. Because if you're not prayed up, you could most definitely talk to somebody in a way that God would not be pleased with. Especially if you're already emotional. Okay? And the scripture I would like to leave you with is Job, the 42nd chapter in the 7th verse, that states... After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. I chose this scripture to remind you that people just might blame you for storms that you didn't invite into your life. The way you can handle a person blaming you for a storm is you begin shifting your mind. Shift your focus on God in the storm. Shift your focus on what God says about you. Shift your focus on the truth. So when people start blaming you and you know you had nothing to do with that, begin thinking about, okay, God must be doing something. And go to God in prayer and ask him. Just go ask. And allow God to deliver you at the right time. It's all about having the right perspective being around the right people, but it's no time to be convincing people who are not worth your time that God did something or is doing something in your life. The way you handle it is you don't pick up the blame. You don't accept the blame. You just understand, okay, God is doing something and I have to trust him. And ask him, don't, don't fall for this. You don't question God. You don't question God. Mm. Question him. That's what prayer is about. Asking questions. Going to God. Casting your cares on him. Mm-mm. Don't, don't fall for these little traps. These religion traps. Don't do it. Go ask God for help. Ask God for what you need. Ask God why, who, what, where, when. All of that. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrobryant.com where you can sign up to receive your Aim Towards the Target weekly encouragement. On the website, you can select from a variety of Bible plans you can complete individually or in a group setting. 
I also have inspiring apparel available. You can check out my Bible plans on the YouVersion Bible app. And feel free to connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. May God continue to protect, bless, strengthen, and cover you and all who belongs to you as you keep him first and aim towards your God-honoring targeted goals, whether you are in a storm or not. Don't forget his promise that those that love him, he is working all things together for their good. Okay? Peace and God bless.